Well, now it is time for you to get updated on what the hell to do in week number five, because what the hell happened in week number four? I'm Brady Tinker at DFW Sportsbeat, alongside my partner, Jeff Thidoff. Week number five, and I don't know Thit, uh, at Thit happens, by the way, if you're looking for Jeff. I don't know a damn thing. That's what I know. It's amazing how dumb we probably are right now. And, we, and look, and we pay attention to it. Like, we watch this stuff religiously. Yep. More than people will. And we're both like, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm not really sure <laughs> about a lot of crap. The good news is, you know, I do a gambling show uh, with Dave Sharapan, who's one of the best odds makers. He set line for seven or eight casinos in Vegas for years. He was offshore. If anybody knows, he knows. And right. most of the time we'll get into this show and about four times during the show, he'll say, I think this, and this is the way I feel about this, but he'll look at me and he'll go, Brady, nobody knows shit. <laughs> it's, it's a, it changes so much and you can't, it's, it really is there. Look, I, I like to believe we put pertinent information out there that helps people, but we're not, we we're experts, but that doesn't mean 100%. Or I think I think our, our approach with this and as as I do with the gambling show is you already want to play fantasy football. Right. We have a little bit more insight from locker rooms and media people around the country than you do. We have more access. We're not smarter. Sure. We have more access. Yep. And it's the same with the gambling stuff. The truth is we do. We mostly mostly my partners know a lot about the gambling space and they know certain things and th certain tendencies that happen. <laughs> One thing I'm learning in the gambling space is this, the minute I think something's set up so perfect to be perfect that as of right now, I could tell you on Tuesday, I'm taking that damn team. I'm right. probably wrong. The people who are professional as it, uh, professionals at this are saying, mm, take it easy by Friday. That line's going to come down two points and you're going to be thinking these guys are alive and you know, right. it's amazing. It's amazing. That's the one thing I know is when I think I'm really right, that's when I'm probably wrong. Very dangerous. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Fantasy Football Now. Brady Tinker and Jeff Thidoff. Let's get you ready for week number five by looking back for a minute at week number four. Number one, we will start with the winners. And this show, by the way, as always, brought to us by BetUS.com. More about them later, but thank you to BetUS.com. Back to number one, Jeff. Winners. The 49ers were the first one I wrote down here because they get the running game going. Jimmy G looks a little bit more relaxed. Granted, it's not maybe a very good Rams team right now, but right. I thought they looked better. And one thing you and I thought would happen with Jimmy G back in there is Debo Samuel's touches go back up. Jimmy's no dummy. That's his guy. Um, you know, so his numbers go back up. His involvement goes back up and, and it did. And Jeff Wilson did a fine job. Jeff Wilson is a great yeoman who stands over there until you need him and tackles people on special teams. And when you need him, he comes in and gets between 70 and hundred yards and he ain't afraid of nothing. I really am a Jeffrey Wilson fan who, by the way, went to the university of North Texas. So the 49ers I have on the winner's list, Jeff. It is funny how much, and we talked about this last week too, about how, like I told you, it feels like '70s football is winning out now. Yeah, you've got, you know, you've got these great quarterbacks with huge contracts and these like elaborate schemes and all this. But it seems to me now, even more than it, I can't remember the last time it was like this though, where if you can run the ball, manage the game, and play good defense, you're going to win. If there's a reason Dan Fouts never won a Super Bowl, yep. I mean, there's a reason for that, and. And what you see with San Francisco is, as much as they're all, all the love for Trey Lance and, he, and all the potential he had, if they run the ball well, and if Garoppolo does not have turnovers and the defense plays well, they're a damn dangerous team. They are indeed.
No doubt about it. No doubt. And especially in the NFC, that team yeah. almost came out of the NFC last year. And that team, as we stand here, healthy, can come out of the NFC again this year. Whether they're sexy to you or not, that's a good coach. That's a team yep. full of guys who are winners, who know what winning looks like and smells like and feels like. They're hard workers and they're a dangerous team. They're just not all that much damn fun for your fantasy football team. No. The Bengals I have as winners. They seem to be clearly on the move. Is the arrow not pointed up? This one was almost easy to see in the win they got last week. You could tell the Bengals, they should have won week one. They probably should have won week two. The Cowboys yeah. uh, snuck out a victory with, Cooper Rush, a quarterback. The the Bengals are a team right now that you can feel them surging upwards. I don't see the Bengals as a team that's going to get that number like, with only one buy now. Only the top seed gets the buy in the first round, and I don't think the Bengals are going to do that because they're going to end up with like a ten and seven kind of record that might be good enough to win the AFC North. And by yep. the way, Brady, it's the. Can we get rid of the North and just call it Central again? AFC Central, NFC Central. Let's go back to that. Nonetheless, that's a side. But they, they are going to be the team, though, who I think will win the AFC North. It won't be with a glamorous record. But, yes, they look like they, they, they're they better now. They're getting better. They're figuring it out. And they're a dangerous team in the AFC North. And not to mention, they were probably a little premature last year. Kansas City had the AFC Championship game. All of a sudden, they're there. But they gave a hell of a show. I mean, they were ahead in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So uh, once you relax and settle in a little bit, you look around, most of the same guys are in the locker room with you. They lost a few of those one-year guys. But yep. for the most part, they say, hey, we, we've done this. Now we're one of those teams, which we never are. We're one of those teams that know what it feels like to be here. Relax. We can do yep. this. We got the franchise quarterback. We've got skill position players everywhere. We got the rest figured out. I have the Cowboys down as winners but the Rams and the Eagles are on the schedule coming up, which a month ago I certainly would have told you was daunting. Now certainly not as much as it was, but the Cowboys get their third win in a row with a redheaded stepchild who was cut <laughs> two times right before the season started who is doing right. a fantastic job. I mean, Cooper Rush is doing fantastic. The defense is also putting him in a position where he's not 14 down. So he's not having to throw, throw, throw. The head coach has reached in and quietly, beautifully, helping the offensive coordinator saying, you know what? We're going a lot more 12 personnel. We are going to block a lot. We are going to run a lot. We are going to minimize possessions for both teams. And you do what you know how to do. And the, really the best thing about Cooper Rush right now is he understands that offense. One, two, three, and that thing's coming out. One, two, three, four, five, and it's coming out. Cooper Rush is playing like a man who absolutely knows this offense, which I've told you he does because he, he and the offensive coordinator and Noah Brown, three people that nobody knows for shit, have all been together almost six years. They know each other. There is a comfort level there. And right now, Cooper Rush is doing great, but here come the Rams. So let's get to that in a minute. Cowboys winners at this point. Agreed? Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Yes. They're doing it the way the same way the 49ers are too. They're running yeah. the ball. They're playing great defense. And that's that's been the key this year. And that's what uh, the, the Cowboys are doing, exactly what that is. And that's uh, that's leading to their success right now. Got to give them credit, though. I mean, that offensive line is yeah. shredded. You know, no Tyron Smith. They did not want to put a rookie from Tulsa at left tackle, and he is surviving. Yes. Connor McGovern's out at left guard. Now somebody else is in. Somebody else is in. The right tackle is a journeyman named Steele, who he's got heart. Uh, and yeah. their best offensive lineman, probably a top 10 NFL player, and Zach Martin is hurting. He's not feeling great. So for them to be able to say, this is the plan, and they're executing it, not against the greatest of, and, and we'll see. 
We'll yeah. see how they run the ball, quote, against a Rams front that we know is talented. But yep. let's move on. Uh, players that are winners, Eagles running back, Miles Sanders, finally gets to play. And he's been a tease and a taunt for fantasy football owners for the last two or three years because we know in open space he's fast, he's a take-it-to-the-house guy, and all of a sudden last year he ends up with a quarterback who's just going to keep it and run it himself. But I thought a real litmus test for the Eagles this week was their quarterback did not have a big day passing. He did not even have really a big day running. And would he panic and would they panic? And instead, they relaxed and handed the ball to Miles Sanders and went with some of their many options. And I thought that was an impressive win by them. And Sanders is now seems to be a viable two or flex player, no doubt, right? I think so, yes. And the fact that the Eagles, though, if you look at it from a football standpoint, They've got, again, the right formula. Kenneth Gainwell, you've got some other guys there right. also. If something gets somebody gets hurt, gets tweaked, or has a bad game, whatever, you've got more options there, not to mention what Jalen Hurts can do on the ground. So uh, the Eagles, again, it's a it's a situation where they've kind of figured out how to do it. They do have outside options when you've got you know A.J. Brown out there, somebody you can huh. throw the ball to, which is huge. Devonta Change Smith everything. out there. Yes, and so they've got plenty of options there with the offense where they can be flexible and they can kind of play around with what works. And you're right, in a game where Hurts was not outstanding, in a game where Hurts was not outstanding, they still did what they had to do. And that's what's interesting about this Eagles team and why we may have poo-pooed the NFC East before the season started with the Cowboys doing what they're doing, the Giants where they're at, although it's a bit of a, you know, not believable, not sustainable. But the Cowboys and Eagles being where they're at yeah. Is, is yeah. a pretty cool thing for the NFC East. And give Jalen Hurts credit. You know, there yeah. could have been some panic there. You know, yeah. they're down 14 nothing, And this right. is a game oh, Jacksonville team. Yes. We think Jacksonville's a pretty damn decent team. Down 14 nothing, panic. I'm going to throw yeah. on every down. I'm going to get out of the pocket at the count of two on every down. I'm going to throw yeah. outside right uh, to the sidelines because that's what I always do. Instead, he stayed relaxed, and they went through the litany of options they have on offense and came around with it. And my last winner... I've been mentioning this guy for a while, and I'm actually going to say it with caution. Isaiah Pacheco and the Kansas City Chiefs took something that Shaq Barrett said to heart, and it ended up being you don't put shit on the wall for a really good team. Shaq Barrett basically came out and said as he assessed the Chiefs game, this offensive line looks about the same as the one we beat the shit out of in the 2020 Super Bowl. Right. They're not, and he knows better. They went out and acquired, you know, a whole new offensive line. It's it's a top 10 in the NFL offensive line, and he knows better. And I don't know why he would have done it, but Andy Reid did something he doesn't like to do. He put together a running game plan. You know what? Clyde Edwards-Alaire is running the ball pretty well. Get some of this Isaiah Pacheco guy that you've never seen. You know what he does? He Kareem hunts your ass. He will run at you, put his helmet in your chest, and have fun doing it. And the Chiefs put up 150-some rushing yards against what we know is a good Tampa front. So I got Pacheco on my winner's list. But my caution is, I'm from Kansas City. I've been watching right. this forever. And Andy Reid ain't going to run the football. So as much as you can watch 11 carries for 70 yards last week and a hard-nosed running game and say Pacheco may unseat Clyde Edwards-Alaire, one, he probably won't for a while. And when he does, it still only means 10 touches. It, so, it does. And Eric McKinnon's there as well. I know McKinnon didn't do much this past week. But, uh, you know, with the, the Chiefs, so when they lost Tyree Kill, who went to Miami, I should say they lost. They traded him. They got yeah. rid of him. I got it. Yeah. Okay, they didn't want to pay the money to him. But – the, 
They've thrown two touchdown passes to non-tight end running back players this year. That's all they've had. So only two times as a, as a receiver scored a touchdown for the Chiefs. They've yeah. been leaning hard on Kelsey and also the running backs out of the backfield. And so, yes, they have a more of a running game, but just overall, the running backs are more involved now than they have been in past years because Tyree Kill's not there. So, you know, owning uh, Pacheco, owning McKinnon, it, it, putting him like, maybe – Putting him on your uh, on your bench if you need to, kind of thing, is not the worst thing in the world. But I'm with you, Ceh. Although he caught a lot of hell for the way he started the season, he's actually not bad, and I really feel like this year will be his best year as a pro. I think too. My insiders tell me that he is beloved by coaching staff and players alike in Kansas City as well. So Clyde is not going to lose that job just because we like the way Pacheco runs the football. And he reminds us, you know, of of an old running back that did well. Uh, let's go to losers. Item number two, right here on Fantasy Football Now, presented by BetUS.com. Losers. I have the Dolphins, obviously, because. They lose their quarterback, who probably shouldn't have even been playing. And when his fingers went like this, and I thought, oh, he's got a dislocated something, I quickly oh. went onto my phone and said, no, dumbass, he has brain trauma. A dislocated and brain. It, it, I'm telling you, it is disheartening as hell that they let him get to that place. People, there's already a doctor that's been fired. I don't know what they're ever going to admit, because as of today, they haven't admitted anything. So far, it's nobody really did anything wrong, right? That's what you would say because courtrooms are made for people to take a lot of money from you. But Tua Tungavailoa should not have been in that football game, and he was violently thrown on his head. It was sad to watch. As a football fan, look, so Brady, you and I, you, somebody, we both follow football for year, decades. Okay, we follow football for decades. And it's it's a violent sport, no doubt about it. And it's collateral damage on those guys, guys you want to go out there and they, the, the teams are going to want to get as much out of them as they can. And they'll ride them until they are at that situation. I, Tua should not have been out there. No doubt about it. Tua should not have been out there, especially four days, these damn Thursday games again. Go to a doubleheader Monday night, get rid of Thursday games. I'm done with Thursday games. Give guys more time to recover. Nonetheless, right. he should have been out there. And it was ugly and it was awful. And like now we're at a point, though, I know they just they came up with an announcement yesterday that two was out for this week. No shit. Two no is shit. out. But when, like, I have no idea when we'll see Tua again. You have to take care of this young man. You, yes. you just have to. And, you know, I listened to Michael Irvin this morning on local radio because uh, he was a cowboy great. So he'll come on with the, some of the local stations. And he was passionate about the fact that those who are blaming the head coach or anybody on the coaching staff – don't understand the dynamics. First of all, head coaches are not the boss of a right. player with that kind of skill, with that contract, and with that power. That player's got way more power on that team than that head coach does. So just saying, well, as a new head coach of a team who cares about his human beings, he should have just grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and taken him off the field. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not his job. He's also right. not a doctor. So he is trusting that the NFL is doing the right thing. That, and we've seen it. So why didn't we see it then? That's what I don't get. I have seen last year and years past the NFL call from upstairs or from New York and tell the head official 27 or whatever the hell his number is needs to come yeah. off the field. Someone's checking him. Right. Not everybody saw it. Maybe you didn't see it, but we saw a knee wobble. Well, it wasn't even close. I mean, the kid claimed it was back and, and knee and whatever else. We saw what we saw. All of us have either had a concussion or have known someone who has or have watched them damn things on TV. Right. He was concussed. 
There's no doubt about that. And where the hell was the NFL? So I'm staying off of the coach and the coaching staff in terms of their power and or culpability for not taking two and saying, young man, I love you too much. You're sitting your ass down. That's just not going to happen. And that's the reason that so many things have put it, been put in place by the NFL outside the scope of things, because you don't want teams who only care about themselves and their money and their brand to make decisions on people's health. Great. Let's go conspiracy theory. Okay. How yeah. much money did Amazon pay to get the rights? And would you rather have Tua out there on Thursday or Teddy Bridgewater? And yeah. so does that play into it all? Is there somebody, is there, I hope not, but is that the reason two is out there? Because Amazon's paying so much for the Thursday night package and there's so much pressure to put the best product, the best players, I should say, on the field. We know that a, a Tua with a injury or potential concussion, whatever, you, it's better for the ratings if he's, if he's out there than Bridgewater, right? Yeah, 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 no I, doubt. No doubt. Other losers, we've continued to talk about this team. The New Orleans Saints are another loser at this point. Their quarterback is hurt, although I think he's going to try and play this week. Their running back is hurt, although I think he's going to try and play this week. And Michael Thomas, who some people took a chance on in round five, six, or seven, was paying dividends, dividends. And now he's hurt. And they have a really good defense. So the Saints at this point for me are a walking under. They can't score because nobody's playing, and yet their defense is pretty damn good. It really is good, and I've been impressed with the Saints' defense, and Winston's got a great matchup this week if he plays. I think he he's going to be inspired to play because I feel like, look, he knows he's under fire, and he knows that, um, you know, that there's talk about, oh, could he lose his job and all these things, but this is a good matchup for him this week. I think that, um, I, I think Winston gives it a go, but I'm with you that, yeah, there's too many other questions out there as far as, the under absolutely is something for them. You always play the under. They're hosting Seattle. Seattle up like the sixth most fantasy points. I think the quarterbacks, uh, fantasy quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's a great match for at home against the Seahawks team. So I think he'll give it a go. But things will be right. I'm freezing up here on you a little bit. Are you? Am I freezing up on you? Or you got me? Good, I got you. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll keep going. All right. So the other losers, I have the Ravens down uh, as other losers. Lamar is doing everything he can do and doing almost everything right. Uh, his coaching staff screwed him a little bit at the end of a game where they hadn't scored any points in the second half. I don't know what Harbaugh's doing in terms of wins and losses. They had not scored a point in the second half of that football game. And with three and a half minutes, three minutes and 40 seconds left to go, had a gimme field goal for the best kicker in the league to take the lead. And he said after the game, I trusted my defense. Well, if you trust your defense, then taking the lead with four minutes left to go only by three is what you do because you're not worried about your defense giving up a touchdown to lose. Instead, they don't kick the field goal. Uh, they end up essentially gifting a win to Buffalo, which bummed me out. Bateman does not look very good and apparently has a little bit of an issue with lower body. And Mark Andrews, who we're all counting on for 10 for 124, ends up like two for 14. So the Ravens are losers, and the Ravens right. this week go back home and get that Cincinnati team that, to me, is dangerous. If I'm a betting man, I am looking closely at how many points I'm getting as a Cincinnati Bengal traveling into Baltimore right now with the issues they're having. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And with the uh, the Ravens should be undefeated right now. They they blew that huge lead. Right. Um, who's They've that blown against? a 20-point uh, and a 17-point right. lead. Yeah, the yeah, Dolphins. 
Dolphins, they lost out. They should be 4-0 right now. Lamar Jackson's playing fantastic. And yep. I know Dobbins coming back is a big deal. It's not that big of a deal because the offense has been okay. That has not been the issue. It's been play calling and defense has been the bigger issues on this team. So uh, it should be a lot of fun watching that Ravens-Bengals game on Sunday night. A lot of intrigue yep. for that. Lamar Jackson, though, is absolutely having a beast kind of year. Look, I think he's better right now than his MVP year. I feel bad for him at this point because we know he's his own agent. He's still trusting his own skills. And truth is, he should be standing here with a 4-0 and team looking at everybody saying, see, I told you, I'm a winner. This is this is going to win. Plus, the other thing is, right. I wonder that the free agency ability that Lamar will ever have based on the kind of quarterback he is, right? As good as he is, and he's top five in the league, I would say, top five, top sure. six in the yes. league. Yes. Not that yes. many teams are going to restart everything to pay Lamar Jackson $300 million. They're just not. So this is the team that has to do it, and this team, as you said, should be 4-0. and I feel badly for him. Yeah. Item number yeah. three is surprises. My surprise off the top was Rashad Penny, who had looked a little draggy to me on what looked like a draggy team. And I think one thing that's helping him is, my other surprise, Geno Smith is completing almost 80% of his passes. Amazing. It's incredible. It's incredible. He leads the NFL in pass completion percentage by a damn sight. Lockett is a good pass uh, route runner, and he's always open. And DK, when he's not shitting his pants and having to have a ride to get to the bathroom, is also a really good receiver. So I was surprised that Seattle could even participate in a game, even though it was with the Lions, where they were able to score 48 points, and Rashad Penny was really good. Does this give you – does this change your perception at all of Pete Carroll? Like what they're able to do with Geno Smith there, and they've lost, you know, obviously you know, Russell Wilson, this uh, potential future Hall of Fame quarterback in all likelihood, I think. But anyway, you lose Russell Wilson. You've got uh, running backs that are often injured. You've got a defense that's lost some key parts. The fact they're able to do what they do, does that change your perception of Pete Carroll at all? Not really, because to be honest with you, I've always been a Pete Carroll fan. I, I have a feeling when you play a Pete Carroll coach team, Right. That you're never going to run them over, that they're always going to be in the game. They might beat you badly, but you're never right. going to beat them badly. And I certainly didn't think I was going to feel that way. I get your point. When Geno Smith yeah. took over this team and everybody was sort of yeah. walking around like this, oh, shit, what are we going to do now? Right? <laughs> Russ Russ is gone. Only we hate Russ. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm – I'm impressed, but I'm not shocked. I think Pete Carroll understands winning and losing football games and understands coaching young men. I really do. It's funny when you look at it. So Pete Carroll had the Jets and Patriots jobs that did not go uh, swimmingly for him. He had some moves yep. there. And then goes goes to UFC, does things there. And then in Seattle, he gets Russell Wilson, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, is it much like the, the Patriots situation? Was it Belichick or Brady? Why were they successful? Seattle, was it Carroll? Was it Wilson? Yeah. Who gets more credit? Who should get more credit? And now, based on this start and what he's doing with Geno Smith in this offense, I'm starting to lean towards, you know, Pete, Pete Carroll, Carroll making yeah. more credit. Russell Wilson's struggling in Denver. Russell Wilson is struggling in Denver mightily, mightily. Other surprises: Jamal Williams steps in in Detroit. Um, if you know anything about Detroit, you know that they kind of think he's the number one captain on that team. He's kind of the heartbeat of a young team that wants to get better, that mostly scores points these days, but. He puts up a smooth hundred and gets himself a touchdown, and Jamal Williams just backed it up. Josh Reynolds, also in Detroit, was not getting to play a lot, but that team apparently, uh, with that young quarterback playing in games where he's just 
you know, winging it, doing a great job. Josh Reynolds is viable with no Amon Ra, Sun God, St. Brown. Yeah, that's a great name for him. And yeah, you know, having Jared Goff out there certainly helps things out for them. And Jamal Williams, there are some teams, there's a handful of teams, Brady, you know this, where yeah. both first, like you talked about it earlier, um, there are certain teams where both running backs are viable starters. Detroit's one of them. I think, look, Jamal, even Jondre Swift's healthy. Let's say they say he's healthy, full complement of touches this week. He'll be good, 100%. Jamal Williams is still in the conversation for a flex play. Yeah, he has to be. Uh, that's where yeah. he's positioned himself on that team, and his skills are still mm -hmm. such that he's viable. He is a flex play guy. Uh, ads, item number four, the ads. We already mentioned Pacheco to you. Add but be careful. He's never going to be a 25-touch guy, not with Andy Reid as the head coach and Pat Mahomes as the quarterback. So, yes on Pacheco for depth and for maybe a swing play guy later on in the season. Tyler Algier, is that how – Algier? How do you say Algier. it? Algier. Algier, I think right. it's Algier. We didn't really know about Tyler Algier necessarily other than he was the number one guy behind uh, Corderell Patterson. Now we know. He came in when Patterson got hurt, and he looked really good. He runs hard. So he's a definite ad. I also have Michael Gallup back with the Cowboys. Now, again, temper yourself. Michael Gallup's, Gallup's catch numbers in his career are roughly 56%. It's not great. Michael Gallup right. gets a lot of 50-50 balls thrown his way and a lot of deep balls thrown his way. So his percentage of catches is not going to be what you want it to be. But he will catch some touchdowns and he will make some big plays. If you're in a big play league and you have an option, Michael Gallup is every now and then, twice this year, is going to have a 50-yard touchdown. He just is. He just he'll pick the right spot. So I believe with you on the, yeah, the Gallup thing for sure. Out here, look, Cordero Patterson's on the injured list, so he's injured reserve, so he's out for at least four games. We'll see what happens. Yep. And by the way, Cordero Patterson, he's like 31 or 32 years old. Uh, so even when he comes back, he's in – He's a newly coming back from injury, 31 and 32 year old running back who used to be a wide receiver who was picked up off the scrap heap. So, look, they want Algier to be the guy. They really do. In Atlanta, they do. They want Algier to be the guy, yeah. and they don't care if they lose games because they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. They will want to get a high draft pick. So, even so, like Patterson's somebody who, if if you've got him on your team, Consider moving him if you can, I guess. I, I accepted a trade in one league where I got rid of Patterson um, because I'm not sure when he comes back how much of a benefit he will be. Well, now you and I talked about it last week. We just said, we said, hey, we don't know enough about Tyler Algier, but remember, Corderell Patterson was this guy last year for seven games. Yes, and then he and, and the, Right? And then he runs out of gas. And, and we, we were like effusive in our compliments because I absolutely respect the hell out of him. But sure. something was coming. So here comes Tyler Alligier. Yes, do, do not go make a big trade to put Corderell on your bench to hope in week 10 through 17 that he's who he was. Uh, Gallup, we mentioned. And then you know what I wrote on here as an ad? The Jacksonville defense. They get a pick six early against the Eagles. They are rated top 10 defense in fantasy in almost every scoring format I can find. And they get Houston this week. And that's a team that makes mistakes and will be playing most likely from behind. Although... Uh, again, in a betting world, Houston kind of intrigues me a little bit this week. But I like this Jacksonville defense, and we said it, and we keep saying it, coaching matters. And they are better on both sides of the football right now in Jacksonville. Brady, I, I want to get your thought on this because uh, there's somebody who I respect in the industry who has said this to me before, and I've, I've never done it yet, but I might at some point. Don't draft a defense. Just stream it every week. Every week, right. just pick up the defense and say the hell with it. And if Jacksonville's out there, grab them. But I just feel like there's a lot of times where you don't have to invest. First of all, 
don't invest in a defense before the last two rounds anyway if you're drafting. That's like fantasy 101. But yeah. if you can if you can stream a defense every week and just play the best matchup in an 8, 10, 12 team league, there's going to be somebody out there that's in the top 12 that's available. It's a really good point, and it is very viable right now because how many bad offensive teams are there right now in the NFL? So you don't necessarily have to stream a great defense. You've got to stream right. an opportunistic defense that's playing a shitty offense, right? Look, or that's yeah. playing a quarterback that turns the football over. Look at the quarterback that's out now. We have quarterbacks that are out that weren't out week one, like going into the seasons. Like, oh, now this court, this team looks different because the quarterback's out or their running back's out or it's a short week, whatever. There's a lot of opportunities out there where you look at a defense that you might not have liked this week when the season started, but now you love them because of what's happened in the first four weeks of the season. No doubt. Item number five is who we dropping. Matt Ryan is old, has one wide receiver, and his really talented running back that many of you chose number one overall is struggling and hurting, and I don't see a big upside for the Indianapolis Colts. I really don't. I, I don't know how they – make the playoffs, especially in this very wide-open AFC. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I thought, might be a viable person for a few weeks in Baltimore. He hasn't been. Right. You can cut that. And to be honest with you, you mentioned Jarek McKinnon. I think with Pacheco in the game and Clyde Edwards-Alaire the way he is, I'm not keeping a roster space for Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> if he happens, a couple of guys get hurt. We know McKinnon can do it. He was very good at yeah. the end of the year and in the playoffs. But I'm not holding him, and I feel the same way about Eno Benjamin or Edo Benjamin uh, in Arizona. It looks like uh, Damian Williams, or it's not Daryl Williams, is Darryl probably Williams. the backup if Connor's going to miss any significant time. So I'm not saving roster spots for Drake, McKinnon, or Ito Benjamin. You know, with, with the Cardinals, and I kind of played this running back roulette game when Connor was digged up a couple weeks ago. And I, I even though it's like, okay, this guy's the next guy in line, I don't think I like either one of them. Uh, I'm with you, McKinnon, KC. Kenya Drake and Baltimore now. Gus Edwards coming back, and you got you yep. got the Dobbins there. You got, you got activated. Baltimore. Yep. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson who's the best running back option for Baltimore on the Matt Ryan thing. I am just I am so disappointed in the Colts offense so far, and I really thought Ryan would be better, but he's really not that much better than Carson Wentz was with them last year. Um, I know they've had running back, they've had wide receiver injuries uh, this week. By the way, though, if you're looking for somebody right now, and if he's not gone yet in your league. Grab Naheem Hines because yes. Taylor's ruled out already. They've ruled him out for the Thursday night game. God, I hate the game, Brady. They've ruled him out for the Thursday night game. Um, so because of the short week, it will be Hines in there getting the bulk of the carries when they play the Broncos on Thursday night. So uh, grab Naheem Hines if you need somebody. Naheem Hines might be the answer for Matt Ryan to get a little relief, too. They are not checking down enough, right? Isn't it time? Let's, say, let's just say we ain't checking down to Naheem Hines all day. We're going to say hike. And we're going to take one look, and we're going to Naheem Hines. Not a check down. We're just going to say, you know what? How about some easy plays? Because so many teams around the league are doing this. What is a right. running play that starts 10 feet that way? It's a wide receiver screen, right? It's a it's some sort of end around. I mean, look at the Chiefs. Mahomes gets a lot of touchdowns that doesn't throw the ball more than about three and a half feet. So yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And if Matt Ryan is struggling as much as he is, more of those plays would seem to help. Yeah. And Naheem Hines seems to be the right guy. Uh, before we go to item number six about those who were just flat bad, BetUS is our sponsor for this show. We couldn't be happier. Today's show brought to you by BetUS.com. Please join the three-decade leader in online sports using our promo codes DSP 
one two five, and that'll get you a hundred and twenty five percent bonus on your cash deposit or DSP two hundred for your crypto deposit. Bet horses, sports, props, bet culture. What the hell? That's and culture, more. Yeah, yeah culture. I, I need some more culture. I have to think. I have to pay for it rather than bet on it. <laughs> bet us. Dot com. You bet, you win, and you get paid. Item number six. These guys hey, are wait, just bad. Wait, hang on. Before you get yeah. to that, a couple of questions in the queue. I want to get your take on this. Sure. Uh, Kyle responded. He put his text out to us. Uh, he got all. He's in a ten-team full PPR. He got okay. offered Michael Pittman and Brian Robinson for Debo Samuel. Hmm. Would you do that? Uh, would you give up Pittman and Rob? Would you give up? I'm sorry. Would you? Um, would you give up Pittman and Robinson for Debo Samuel right now in a PPR league? Full PPR. I would ask you what your record is. If your record yes. is is where you want it to be, it's two and two even, or three and one, or four and zero. Oh, then I always want the best player who's healthy to be on my team. So I would not him. play the come on Pittman and whenever gunshot Danny gets better. I just wouldn't. Right. Now, if if you're if you're a really good team and you're looking for more depth, you know that that would be how I would look at it. What's my record? If, if right. my record, like right now, it's going to be one of my tips at the end of the show. One of my tips at the end of the show is it is time to start figuring out how to get around the bye weeks. Make some trades to get your bad team around the bye weeks because you don't have time for two of your best players to be off in week six or week seven. But so my answer would be no. My initial answer would be no. I would not make that trade. I want Debo Samuel, who is a ball yeah. dominator on what now looks like still a pretty good team on my team. And I don't care what the come is with the other two players. If Trey Lance was back in two weeks, I might feel differently. The fact that Lance is out for the season, I think that I'd stick with Samuel also. Okay, uh, Surya wants to know, Aaron Jones for C.D. Lamb in a PPR league. Aaron mm-hmm. Jones, for again, we don't know the records of the rest of the rosters. Just right. looking at it like Aaron Jones for C.D. Lamb in a PPR league, I think I like the Aaron Jones side of this. I do too, because we've seen these years in particular where Aaron Jones is just going to get a ton of touches from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron says, I'm going where I know I can go. I'm going with simple short passes to a guy who's where he's supposed to be when he runs these little routes, who all of a sudden has a chance to go 35 to 70 on occasion. This looks like that team. I don't see Aaron Rodgers ever getting to a point with the rest of these wide receivers where he's like, I'm good now. I got my two go-to guys. His go-to guy is Aaron Jones. And I don't think that's going to change. So I want Aaron Jones in that trade on my team. Okay. Hubolt 12 says, I'm one and three. So we got his record. Looking to improve tight end and quarterback and trading Nick Chubb, Hopkins, and Knox. Dawson Knox for Buffalo is underperformed. Nick Chubb, the Hopkins, I I, I guess it's um, obviously DeAndre Hopkins uh, for Lamar Jackson, AJ Dillon, and David Njoku. I already have Dalvin Cook and Jamal Williams, uh, Schultz. Diggs and Brady in a PPR league. So he's looking to get Lamar Jackson. Would you trade Chubb, Hopkins, and Knox for Jackson, Dylan, and Njigbu? Yeah. That's a lot of names there. I think I would too. Yes. Look, Brady's got issues. Beyond the football field, even, Brady's got issues. And, and the Buccaneers have issues. This might be the finally six years later where Max, Max Kellerman's right, where the he's falling off the cliff now. Although, Obviously, Kellerman thought he'd do it six years ago, but this might be the Brady Cliff now. Give me Lamar Jackson all day, right? Give me Lamar Jackson in a contract year based on what you've already yes. seen and based on his MVP year knowing what he's capable of. The other thing is, as much as Harbaugh hasn't been great this year, 
that team knows how to win, and that team knows how to stay in games, and they trust that quarterback implicitly. So if Lamar's on your team, keep him. If you can get him, go get him. They're going to play meaningful football in January. You know what I mean? Like when the regular season is winding down, when your conference championship game, when your uh, league championship games are going on, Lamar Jackson's playing for something, not only a contract, but also for the team. He'll keep playing. One more. I'm sorry. Uh, Smokey the Cat says uh, he's got Friar Muth as his backup tight end from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Would you trade Kelsey, his starting tight end, for Debo? You've got Fryermuth, who's hasn't been great. Now you got a rookie quarterback coming in. Rookie quarterback, though, should be looking to dump off to Fryermuth more often than not. But I, 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 I want Kelsey still. Kelsey's the best tight end in football and probably a type top 10 receiver in football. Yeah, I, so uh, so I mean, how did you think Kelsey was going to do when he caught that ball seven yards from the goal line the other night against Tampa? You do. You yeah. My my girlfriend was like, no one tackled him. I'm like, fucking A, no one wants to tackle him. He's 6'7", no. 265. Right. He's running knees high, and it's cornerbacks and small safeties who are grabbing a foot hanging on for dear life. They had no intention of sacrificing their body to keep that big bastard out of the end zone. On the other hand, if you tell me how your roster looks and you are dying at wide receiver, if I got Debo in a trade for Kelsey and I was dying at the wide receiver position yeah. – I don't hate Fryermuth for a good five or six touches a game as he goes forward with the right. rookie, uh, with the rookie sure. quarterback. If you need that, I don't hate that because Debo right. is as important and will get as many touches for his team as as the great Travis Kelsey does for his. So figure out whether you really need it or not. If you don't really need it, then don't do it because Travis Kelsey is going to the damn Hall of Fame and that quarterback only has one guy that he really wants to throw the ball to on every fucking down now. One. And he's this big and he turns around and gives him this giant target and then he runs away from cornerbacks and safeties. It is something to watch. It really is. All right, here we go. Item number six. Thank you for the questions, by the way. Everybody, that's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Item number six. These players were just bad and or teams. Detroit's defense is just bad. And the reason that I say that is, duh, I say that because follow their asses around and find people to play against them. The over and under on any Detroit game from now on is going to start at 60. It just is. It's going to start at 60, and that's good for us. Uh, And by the way, that Detroit quarterback is having a great time in this setup with all these weapons. And by the way, he gets Jamison William back, right? Jamison yeah, Williams, geez. right, is out yep. through six weeks. So maybe by week eight or nine, yes. he has another viable, really viable weapon, depending on how how healthy this kid gets. So Detroit's defense is bad is a duh. What I want you to do is remember to follow them around. Find a defense that's playing against that defense. Find an offense that's going against that defense. That's why I put it in there. The commanders and Carson Wentz are bad. I don't really know how to explain week one when he threw for 340 and four touchdowns except to say that God is good because Carson Wentz sucks. Uh, So he's going to have a few more of those games, but when? Don't you hate it as a fantasy player when you're like that receiver or that quarterback or that whatever, that guy's going to go off twice this year. And then you're sitting there pouring over it every week and you're like, when the fuck is that going to happen? How am I supposed to know that? I mean, you can look. You can say, well, it's going to happen against Detroit. I just told you that. But other than that, when's it going to happen? When is bad going to be good in the NFL? I hate that position, so I stay away from those guys. Um, 
Baker Mayfield is bad, and we keep saying um, this. And the, the Panthers' yeah. off- offense is offensive. DJ Moore is now almost a non-factor. Six touches last week what I thought was good news, but then he ends up a little bit dinged up. And when the Panthers' offense gets McCaffrey eight carries at, in its running game, and I don't know how many plays they ran, it's not right. enough. And whoever's in charge is not doing their job. And whoever's the quarterback needs to go back to Oklahoma and hang out with Switzer and be a famous OU guy because Baker Mayfield's not very good. It's not in that that Panthers, look, you can tell. You can just tell from watching how they run the game that Matt Rule is coaching for his job. Yep. You know, because, yeah, the fact McCaffrey will eight carries, you're out there throwing the ball because, look, if Mayfield looks great, if Baker Mayfield looks good, that's good for Rule because, like, hey, this is the guy I can turn it around, the offense, he's forcing it. Round peg in a square hole. He's trying to do it. It's not working out. So, yeah, there's no way McCaffrey only should ever carry anything. Uh, the commanders, Carson Wentz, I think I think we're seeing now why two teams got rid of him in consecutive years. You know, it's like this guy, We the, the commanders dumped him, the, the Redskins, whatever, dumped him, and then the Colts dumped him after one year. Um, and so there's a reason why I think we're finally seeing that. They need to be in the market for a quarterback in the next draft. The Detroit defense thing, it's so funny. It's um because uh, the way the, the head coach talked, when he came on board about the whole biting them in the kneecaps, stuff like that, he felt like this, I'm a defensive guy. Like I am old school football, defensive guy. And Physical. Gave up points last week. Yeah. yeah. It, it's hard. It, it's really hard to watch. Yeah. Um, if you're the Panthers and this is a little off topic for fantasy sports, but if you're the yeah. Panthers, are you not right now saying there's four really viable quarterbacks in this draft? It yeah. is time to lose some damn games. Yeah. Because D- DJ Moore's a young man. McCaffrey's probably got three good years left, two good years left. Do I not need a quarterback in this draft? Do I not need a top five pick in this draft? And let's just be real. The Panthers need to win zero more games and get this shit moving because they got two bad quarterbacks. God, I feel badly for that town because I know how desperately they like it when their team is good. Uh, item number seven, start them. Here we go. Yep. Start them. Start Tom Brady, who got a little garbage time against Kansas City, who started to look a little bit better. I think he's getting used to the fact that he's going to be divorced, and I know how badly he feels because I've been through it. You know, yes, yes, Tom Brady, welcome to the club. You're not the goat. You're the you're the you're like us. But he's taking on an Atlanta team that will give up some points, and and you know you've been worried about Tom. You don't necessarily want to play him. This is the week. Start Tom Brady. Start Derek Carr. Derek Carr is going to be behind in Kansas City, and garbage time points can be had against that sure. Kansas City secondary as they begin to mature a little bit. Trevor Lawrence, I really like coming off a, 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 a probably a disappointing game, but also a game that I think Jacksonville fans and players are saying, you know what, we ain't bad. And we might actually be good enough to win this division. I like Trevor Lawrence against Houston in a game where probably a lot of points get scored. And there's a bounce back game coming for Kirk, who's been a really good number one when everybody thought they overpaid him. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yes. And so um, Brady in Atlanta. Yes, I like that one car. I I agree with you. I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of yards on the out there when they're behind. They're going to throw the ball, just keep up with Kansas City. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Look, he's made a leap this year. He really has. It's yeah. it's amazing how much different he looks now compared to last year. And so, also with Kirk, but just the offense in general, I think they're um, they've looked like a much more viable option as a unit going forward. And so, I like that. Also, 
Um, I, I think Jacksonville against Houston's a good matchup. Houston's defense is good, but I think that Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars have success moving the ball. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what other stardoms did I have? I, I was going to ask you, Kamara on a do theory against Seattle at home? Uh, just because you know how good he is and he can't be this bad and they can't give him the ball this few times. And then other also, Javante Williams gets hurt. I'm telling you that that thing was, it was like pulling needles out of my eyes, watching them not give him enough touches. And now he's out for the year. So Mike Boone, actually, when he fills in, looks halfway decent. I can't remember. They've got two other guys, right? Gordon fumbled. Gordon, yeah. Gordon's fumbled four times, so they said early this week that, hey, Gordon leads us this week. So they got that out of the way, and I think they wanted the quarterback to know that and the team to know that. We're going with the veteran, even though he's dropping the ball once again. Uh, So right now it's Gordon, but pick up Mike Boone, a little bit of ad for Mike Boone, a little bit of fab for Mike Boone. I think Mike Boone is a better option than whoever your number five receiver is on your roster right now because, yes, I do think they've said – yeah, they said Melville Gordon this week – they could say that. It doesn't mean Boone won't be the guy who ends up the week with the most touches. You know what, you know, I think you know what I like to- about Mike Boone, too? When I watch Mike Boone play the last couple of years, I think that guy plays fearlessly, recklessly. That guy hits every hole, catches every pass, just like I want my football player to. And I don't know why I think that. I'm probably wrong. But when I watch yeah. him, I'm like, God, that guy doesn't suck. That guy's not bad at all. That guy goes balls out. He's a football player. Brady, there's something about him, too, though, when you watch him play. And I've said this about running backs. Sometimes people look at me like I'm an alien when I say this, but it's really how I feel about some running backs. Mike Boone, to me, it seems like he always falls forward. You know, there's so many backs get hit and go back. I think Boone gets hit and goes forward. So I think you – that's what I like about a running back. I saw it with Clorette at Ohio State when he was here. Yeah. I've seen it with other guys, too. Guys that fall forward – they, they seem to be better running backs overall for me. So that's why I like Mike Boone also. I've grabbed him in a couple leagues. I think it's a great – look, it's a lottery ticket. Go get it. Do it. He might end up being, you know, um, Mike Anderson. Or who was the other guy? Right. Orlandis Gary. It could be a yeah. Broncos guy like that who kind of comes out of nowhere because Gordon is older and he does fumble. Yeah, great. Uh, number eight, item number eight is sit they ass because they just aren't any good. Uh, and that doesn't apply here. DJ Moore is good on yes. a bad offense with a pair of bad quarterbacks, and he's playing against San Francisco. So I thought DJ Moore got more touches, looked a little bit more involved. Maybe that's right. marginally booing my hopes for him, but not this week against San Francisco. Rashad Bateman, I just keep thinking – but then I really know that the Baltimore quarterback, as much as I like him, isn't a very good passer. And Bateman's not a great route runner. Now he's got a mid-foot sprain. So if you hadn't heard that, Rashad Bateman, a little gimpy uh, versus a hot Cincinnati team. I, I'm not putting him in if I don't have to. And Allen Robinson, I feel bad for him. How is Allen Robinson never open when Cooper Cup gets 19 balls thrown his way every game? I can't quite figure that out. But I know that the Rams quarterback does not look right, whether it's the elbow, whether it's a little lack of confidence, whether he's seeing ghosts, whatever it is, they aren't running the ball. Therefore, they aren't passing the ball. And the Cowboys defense, by the way, is good. So Allen Robinson ain't going off. He might catch a touchdown. You might say that fucker was wrong. He might. But if he does, it's still going to be three for 31 on a touchdown. And that's not winning you that game. Look, seven sacks on Stafford this past weekend against San Francisco. And Dallas's defense, although not on par with San Francisco, they're damn close because they've well, got they got and they lead the NFL in sacks. So yeah, yes, that's a pass rush. So yeah. that could cause problems there. I, I was somebody who, and you know, I, I told you before, I did like fifty drafts this year, whatever it was. I did a bunch of drafts for people, my own and other people. But 
Allen Robinson is somebody who I like targeted and got great value on. At the time, I thought, oh my God, how did he fall this far? You and because, I. Yeah. Because look, he's better than Beckham. He's healthier than Beckham. And he gets a chance to play with the best quarterback he's ever played with. It's going to be great. It's what I kept and, telling myself. I'm like, this is an offense that works off its running game. This is beautiful. By the way, I've seen Allen Robinson have have uh, all pro seasons with the worst quarterbacks in the league. Yes. Sometimes he plays with two or three of them, and he still ends up with 85 catches and 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's a ball hog and a ball hawk. I love Allen Robinson on this team. Plus, this team is going to need some sort of infusion of difference with the receivers they lost, right? Woods is gone. Yes. Allen Robinson all over the place in round three, four, five, probably not three, yes, but absolutely. but – Four or five, gimme, gimme, gimme. And at this point, I'm like, Jesus, someone take Okay, but now me, though, please. okay, Brady, now though, do you buy low on him? Are you are you are you giving are you jumping off? Are you saying Titanic now? Or are you saying, you know what? I think this guy can be rescued and be viable. See, I'm I'm more the buy low category for Allen Robinson right now. I'll put it this way. I offered Allen Robinson in two trades today. And yeah. I asked for uh half of the Patriots running game. What was it? Uh, Steven Stevenson. Okay. Stevenson. Right. I'm like, I'm like, you're a good team. You know, Allen Robinson and the Rams right. team can't be this bad. There's a correction here coming. I I've used a third round pick on this guy. You want Allen Robinson for yes. half of a Patriots running game. Don't you? And the yes. answer was fuck off. No. There's only one oh, wide receiver God. for the Rams. <laughs> right, look, I'm buying low in any league. I'm in, I'm trying to get Allen Robinson for a bargain basement price. And I don't want to trade him. Because I did invest too highly in him. I'm not getting rid of him. Injuries, number nine. Item number nine, we only go to 10. So we're almost finished. Stay tuned here. Kamara, anything you know that I don't know, just shout it out. Kamara, I think, is playing. Michael Thomas, I think, yeah. is not. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is he's maybe. Out. He's, he's out. out. Okay. He's so that's out. right. So it's Naheem Hines. Traylon Burks is, I believe, out in Tennessee. Uh, Gus Edwards, now be careful of this, has been activated off of the official pup list, right. but then that gives him 21 more days before they have to activate him, right? So Gus Edwards is is off the list but won't be active this week and probably not next week, so, so watch it. Uh, J.K. Dobbins looking better and better. Uh, Tua is certainly out. Teddy B., if nothing else, is a system quarterback, and I don't hate Teddy B., with those two wide receivers, I think I would be running the ball a little bit more than they have been. Uh, maybe this is where Mostert finally gets 18 carries. Uh, right. But I don't hate Teddy B, especially in a short window for maybe the first couple of weeks uh, as the quarterback in Miami if you need right. a number two. I, I don't, if you have to. Uh, Jahan Dotson, uh, who looks like a pretty damn good player, is also out for week number five, right? Yes. Let me ask you this. Okay, so yeah. Teddy B. This or that. Okay, Teddy B. Or would you rather have him, or would you rather have going the rest of the season right now? If I'm telling you, start you got you got to pick up Teddy B. Are you cutting Kenny Pickett? Do you want him over Pickett the rest of the year? Hmm. Wow, that's tough. That's a tough uh, call. Look, uh, I'm not sure too. We don't know what Tua's situation is, and and we know that Teddy B would have great receiver options with Tyree Kill out there and Jalen Waddle. I would tell you that right now, I would say Teddy B. Uh, I'm very intrigued uh, by the rookie quarterback in Pittsburgh, but that defense is not as good as we're used to it being, especially without its best player. Uh, and he's going to have a learning curve there. Teddy B's been in the league. He's got two wide receivers that will be open only seven yards in front of him, which makes those throws easy, right? And they're house call guys. And Teddy B, back to the point of I always thought, 
he slows an offense down too much. He kills teams' rhythm. He takes yeah. forever at the line of scrimmage. I don't like any of that, but maybe he doesn't have to do that with these two wide receivers and those two running backs. Plus, the Dolphins blitz all the time, and they go get the damn football. So I'm right. also saying I prefer the Dolphins' defense getting Teddy the ball in advantageous positions. So my answer is too long, but it's Teddy B. The only reason I, I would push back a little bit is because Pickett scored two rushing touchdowns last week, and I think he's yeah. more likely to run the ball when the, when the play breaks down because he's a rookie quarterback who doesn't see the field as well as a veteran quarterback does. So there's going to be options he's going to run the ball inside the red zone where I think Bridgewater wouldn't. Bridgewater is probably more savvy, So where, whereas Bridgewater is probably better in the red zone and smarter. It almost makes sense to take Pickett sometimes because he is dumber and more dangerous. I love dumb and dangerous on my fantasy team. Uh, item number 10 as we finish up the show here on Fantasy Football now is tips of the week. So here they are from me, and I'll let you go second since I'm already talking. Sure. Work on trading around your bye week if you are 1-3 and three and 0-4. Oh and you're not done because look around. You're not down 300 points to these best teams. You're down 60 points. And you've been right. unlucky at least once. You're not done. So do two things. Start working now to get around your buy. Make a couple of trades so you can avoid weeks six, seven, and eight buy weeks. Make some trades and then worry about it on the back end. The other thing is to um, trade depth at this point. If you're a good team and you're still holding some depth, trade your damn depth to a team that is winning that says, you know what? Only thing that's going to keep me from winning is injuries. I'll trade for some depth. I'll give you a starter. What you need at one and three and oh and four right this minute are good starters. That's what you need. So those are my two tips as we head into week number five. Brady, when I look at teams, so know who you are. That's the most important thing. It, and I'm not, this is not my humble brag, whatever, but there's a couple leagues I'm in. That I make the playoffs every single year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, like yeah. every year, I make the playoffs. Some are keep leagues, some are redraft leagues, whatever. There's a couple leagues every year I know going in, I'm going to make the playoffs. And so, when I shape my team and start looking at trades, I'm not worried about bye weeks. I'm worried about championship weeks. I'm worried about playoffs. Good and so, point. I'll make deals there. Now, if you're, and so if you're that guy, if you're somebody every year in your league, you're like, every year I am always in the playoffs, then make trades based on that. If you're someone who's like, you know what? The last three years I've missed the playoffs. I usually miss the playoffs. I want to make some cash and make the playoffs. Then make deals based on that to get you into the playoffs. It depends on what who you are as a guy or a gal. Are you that guy? Are you that guy? And that's how you've got to construct your team and your trade offers. And you're right. 0-4, you're desperate. 1-3, you're desperate. 2-2, two two, you're not. 3-1, and one, you're not. 4-0, and oh, you're not too. If you're 4-0, oh, start looking at, okay, who are these guys playing later on? Look at DeAndre Hopkins. Look at Deshaun Watson. Not getting political, not getting criminal. I'm just saying, though. But if there's somebody out there, though, who was 0-4 with Deshaun Watson on their roster or 0-4 with DeAndre Hopkins, I'm absolutely making that call and trying to give you somebody who's good for three weeks, and then I'll take Hopkins as my starting wide receiver in the playoffs or Watson as a backup option when we get to the postseason. I have Jamison Williams that I drafted in round 10 because I have a keeper league. And I'm like, I know I'm going to love Jamison Williams in round 10 next year as a keeper. Yes. I know it. But I am 0-4 in my most expensive league. It's so embarrassing. And we have been unlucky. And we have a team that I like looking at. I've made a couple of trades. I have to trade Jamison Williams. I have to trade Jamison Williams to two of the teams that are hoss-like in my league right now because I need a starter for this kid that I want to keep for next year. Or 
I'm giving up already in, on this year, and I'm not ready to do that. Yeah, I'm with you. Jeff so, Zidoff, so great stuff, as always. Thanks, brother. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. Great stuff. I hope this helps everybody out there. All of the textures and the people who chimed in, I'm sorry we didn't answer all those. We will continue to get better and better at that. But stay with it. I hope we're giving you some information, making you laugh a little bit, and hoping you have fun. It is week number five. And by the way, we ain't figured it out either. And I would say that rarely in most leagues that I'm looking at, is anybody running away with things yet? Don't give yet. Don't give yet. There are too many injuries. Every week, the team next to you that you think is better than you lost a player or another player. Hang in there for at least a couple of more weeks. We'll figure this thing out together right here on Fantasy Football Now. For Jeff Thidoff at Thid Happens, I'm Brady Tinker at DFW Sportsbeat. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week for week number six. Hopefully it gets better. I'm rooting for every damn one of you unless you're playing me. <laughs>